and sweep, Lord God, the nations. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Thank you, worship team. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to continue tonight, Andrew and I, with our team teaching with Ruth. And so I'm going to, she's going to take off from here. So let's get ready. Oh, all right. Praise the Lord. I'm glad you prayed tonight for the nation. Aren't y'all so aware that God is just right on the, he can just do a miracle at any time, can he, in our nation? It's just a great opportunity is all I'm going to say. Just a great opportunity. There's a lot of divisive rhetoric out there, isn't there? We need, to, we need the Lord to move. Tonight, as we continue to talk about Ruth, I just, I'm just stunned at the Word of God. Even yet again, I love the Word of God. I mean, I really do. I'm not just say that. I love it. I love the Word of God. Like, if you are not a person who is in the Word or of the Word, or it's not a part of your daily life, I mean, I just dare you. I double dog dare you to put Instagram down or Facebook or TikTok or whatever it is that you may, I don't know what you may do. I don't know. Or the soap operas. That's what we used to say. No one cares about soap operas anymore, do they? <laughs> well, <laughs> She's got to have a little bit of general hospital. <laughs> and so, okay, just a little. Just a <laughs> well, you know, that's right. <laughs> so we know that the Word of God is quick. And what else is it? Powerful and discerning. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. If you want to know what you're really about, get in the Word of God and let it discern you. Let it discern you. Let it discern you. Tonight, we're going to talk about the heart of the matter. I just want to read a series of scriptures to you. You will probably know most of these. And if you don't, you can learn them. Romans 10.10. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Deuteronomy 5.29. Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me. And keep my commands always so that it might go well with them and their children forever. I love that scripture. Oh, that their hearts would be inclined. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Proverbs 4, 23. How about this one? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. That's a Shema. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Now, how about this one? An all-time favorite for me. The eyes of the Lord move to and fro 
throughout the whole earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. I love that. And that's where it's going to be the crux of what we're going to talk about tonight. I ran across a statement with regard to Ruth. As I study it, I, I was reading in, I don't know if y'all know what the Talmud is. It's the Jewish rabbinical teaching with regard to different excerpts from the Word of God. And I was reading in the Talmud today, and this is a statement with regard to Ruth, a saying that's very Hebraic in common. It says, may the sons of the one who kissed come and fall by the hand of the sons of the one who clung. Know what I just say? May the sons of the one who kissed wait, come and fall by the sons of the one who clung. One kissed and one clung. One kissed and one clung. Who kissed? Nope, we're in our story's in Ruth. See, Orpah and Ruth both left out with Naomi. They all cried. They kissed, but Ruth clung. So in the Hebraic mind, that was super, super, super important. We just kind of look at that with our Western mind and go, well, you know, Orpah went back because it was just tough. You know, Naomi didn't have any prospects. Naomi turned to her and said, you need to go. I don't have anything for you. I mean, I can't have any more kids. I can't. I'm old. I'm a widow. Everybody, the Lord, has his hand has gone out against me. You don't want to be attached to me. This is a sinking ship, sisters. I just always imagine the story there. See, I keep going back to this because if you don't understand this portion of Ruth, then you've just missed the entirety of Ruth and just you might as well just skip on to another book. So they're heading out, and as Naomi turns and is like, and she's like shooing chickens. How many are a dog? How many have ever, you know, as you're walking home from school, you get a dog following you? What do you do? Get here. And you hear it, and you're like, Go. You're trying to get the dog to go away, right? But so that's what she's doing. She's got these two girls following her, and she just wants them to go away. Now, why does she want them to go away? Why do you think? Huh? That you think they have no life? Why else might she want them to go away? Nothing to give to them? Any other reasons? Hope they would find somebody better. What? They might have been somewhat of a burden on her. What might that burden have been? They're Moabites. That's a little souvenir. They, they sh You're going to show back up in town with two Moabite daughter-in-laws with a full-on, what's the word? A full-on prohibition on marrying Moabites. I'd be like, 
Yeah, I'm going back. It's fine. Just go. <laughs> no, don't worry about me. Just go. Just go get. I mean, see, let's put this in context. We don't, let's look at it. Have you ever wanted a part of your past not to follow you to your future? No. See, that's how, that's what happens sometimes. And so we're here, and we always like to cast people in the light that we've always cast them in, and we put Naomi and the good guy, or just the victim category, right? And you put, and you put them all in their categories. Well, then I'm looking at this. It says, may the sons of the one who kissed come and fall by the hands of the one who clung. In the Hebrew mind, the fact that Orpah left was a huge deal. I thought, is this where we get the term kiss off? I don't know. She kissed off, and she was gone. Ruth remained yoked to a hopeless woman. Why? In this question lies the apex of the whole story where we find our 2023 application of the book of Ruth. What can I take away from Ruth that will change my life? What is my Thursday participation for this Wednesday night message? What is the timeless truth? The answer is in the why did Ruth do what she did? And the short answer is heart. David, her great-great-grandson, was said to be a man after God's own heart. Naomi appealed to both of her daughters-in-law's heads she appealed to their heads. There's a way that seems right into a man, but the end thereof is the way of destruction. Think about it, girls. Don't be foolish. Come on, I've got nothing for you. You need to go and get yourself a husband and get yourself a, you know, a guy who has a good factory job and just, you know, settle down and raise your kids. Don't, yeah, put foot on to, you know, this is what the things you've got to do. This, I, you don't, there's nothing for you here with me. What do we do? You know, don't be foolish. Do it. What are we doing that? Do we play, do we play with the, our head? Or do we keep vows? Head smarts are good, but that's, you know, that's not what Disney makes movies about, is it? Head smarts. Disney makes movies about heart. You know, they do. So, Here's the two statements. They've really got a good head on their shoulders. Or man, they really have heart. When I say that, instantly one statement rises above the other. The heart always. They've really got a good head on their shoulder. It can be said of any number of people, but when I say man, they've really got heart, instantly you just take that person and you elevate them. Both are good, but one rises above the rest, and we know it. Lots of people are smart, but it's heart that gets our attention every time. This is the crux of Ruth, the deciding factor. The place where heaven jumped to its feet and angels applauded when an earthling, a child of Adam, made a choice that negated the head and silent circumstance. She made a heart-deep faith choice 
a self-sacrificing, God-honoring, fully surrendered heart decision. No miracles. No dead rays. No, the sun didn't stop. The road didn't shorten. Reputations didn't change. I love the book of Ruth because there's not one miracle in the book. Not one. Not one. See, why do I like that? Because it's so many of our stories. It's when a choice changes an entire life. No miracles. But Ruth, now hear this, stopped the eyes of God as they were roaming to and fro throughout the whole earth that he may strongly support a heart that is completely his. And that's what we see. See, the fact is, here's a fact that you may not know. God couldn't know if we or she were completely, seriously surrendered if it wasn't completely hopeless. Let that just sit with you a second. See, God cannot know the content of your heart. You're like, wait a minute, no, God knows everything. Well, he does. But somehow in the tension of him knowing everything, he still allows us in our free will to do what we do, and he leaves room for himself to be surprised. You don't believe me? The woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says of Jesus that he knew all men's thoughts, but yet he seemed necessary to stop and turn and say, who touched me? As if he didn't know. You see how he left room for himself to be stopped in his tracks and surprised? How about the, the soldier who came and he, Jesus is going, I'll just go to your house. Did he not know what was in his heart, Ray? He knew, but he left room to be surprised. He said, what? Just send your word. Wow. What faith. If God can do anything, he can leave room to be surprised. I wonder how many of our hearts... would stop God in his tracks. The eyes of the Lord moving to and fro, looking for a heart that's completely his. The catch is, he doesn't know if your heart's completely his without the hopelessness of the situation. And you're at the threshold of the choice. What will you do? And here, let's finish my little narrative. I can just hear 
the supply lines of heaven being kicked to the on position and directed to that dusty road out of Moab that day as the announcement went out across all eternity. We've got one. What? A faith choice? Who? Someone from Bethel? From Bethlehem? From Bethany? No, no, not at all. It's coming from the road out of Moab. Wow, this is unexpected, but it's going to be good. <laughs> His will be better. Praise the Lord. Uh, could somebody escort this lady out, please? I want to take you to Ruth now. I'm going to look at what a, what a true heart looks like. I love the book of Ruth because she shows us, demonstrates to us what faith, what faith looks like. As I want to remind you tonight that our response to God is faith. His response to us is grace. Grace is the empowering, not to do as we want, but the empowering to do as we should. He responds to us in grace and enables us to accomplish his will. Ruth 1, verse 2, 1 through 3, there was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean the heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, go, my daughter. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of of Elimelech. Now I want to read, I want to read 2 Chronicles 16, 9 in a different translation than what she quoted. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Imagine the eyes of the Lord right now, not just, not just when it was written in 2 Chronicles, but right now in every generation, the eyes of the Lord, when you get up and go to work in the morning, the eyes of the Lord is running to and fro, back and forth, searching looking, hoping, anticipating, looking for a heart that is wholly given to him so that he can strongly support to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal, loyal to him. Now, as we look at that, I'm going to, before we get into the field and the display, we see that Ruth truly shows us what a loyal heart looks like. She shows us what honor looks like. She shows us here, as, as we look at this, we see that, that she shows us what, what it means to serve. She's showing us here this true heart, this true heart. Now, I want you to, I want you to get this in your spirit. A true heart, when honor, service, and loyalty flows from the heart, from my heart to others, my heart to the Lord, from your heart to others, your heart to the Lord, it's a virtue. Now, but when honor, service, and loyalty flow to self, 
it's a vice. In other words, I need you to honor me. That's not a virtue, it's a vice. I need you to respect. It's a vice, not a virtue. It's a honor, service, and loyalty is a no-exit outflow. Anybody ever been to the airport or a high-security area or, a, or a, a, a hotel and you have an exit, but if you try to drive back in, they've got the little spikes that come up. Anybody ever notice those? You, you don't back up, you don't turn around, you don't go in the wrong way. It's an exit only. And we in our relationships need to understand if we're really going to be loyal, then what we do is we show loyalty through service and honor, and we understand it flows out of us to others. Does that make sense? But if we are demanding in our relationship that it come to us without any, then we're living in a vice. We see here, the Lord knows the difference. The Lord said, Lord Jesus said in Matthew 15, he tells them, he said, Isaiah prophesied of you rightly. He said, you, you, serve, you, you serve me with your lips, but your heart's far from me. Does that not describe Orpah? How did she kiss Naomi? With her lips. She was offering lip service. But Ruth clung with a true heart. See, there, there, has, there, there came a place in Orpah's life where her relationship there with Naomi, Naomi could no longer do anything for her. And you think as we read the story in, in, in the lens of what we look at it, we think, oh, that's, that's, that's reasonable, right? That's reasonable. But how many of in the world today, they serve God as long as he can do something for them? That's what lip service is, is just giving to God the praises as long as uh, there, you keep bringing it back to me. I'm good. But let me tell you, there is something that the Lord is looking for. It is a heart that is holy, truly, totally given to him that says, I will serve you, Lord God. I will cling to you. So Orpah went back. But we see Ruth went on. And see, the Lord knows. He knows the difference. The Lord is looking for those he can strongly. Oh, my God, get it in our spirit tonight. He is looking in this last day for a church that he can strongly support. I believe that the Lord is looking at hearts right now because he wants to strongly support you. He wants to strongly support you in that we do what he wants us to do when he wants us to do it. So that when your sons and your daughters walk into the house and the Lord says, yeah, they served me when it was dry. Now they're going to serve me when it's full. They served me when there was no rain. Now they're going to serve me when there is rain. They're going to serve me, and now I will pour my spirit out because I understand. Oh, Abraham, now I know. Now I know I can bless you. I can bless you because you're not just after my hands. You are after my heart. God wants to strongly support. You know, I love the field. I love the field. 
in, as we look at the field of service, of loyalty, we see a loyal heart. And, and we're, par- we're looking at how that Ruth's heart was, was, she clung to Naomi just like our heart needs to clung, cling to the Lord. Because ultimately, Ruth said this, I'm going to go where you go. I'm going to lodge where you lodge. Your people are going to be my people. Your, your culture, basically, is becoming my culture. I, I don't know what it means to be a, a Jewish woman, but I, I'm going to go be a Jewish woman. <laughs> I, I'm going to do, I'm, I don't understand your customs. I don't understand your rituals. I, I, I don't fully understand why a Moabite can't worship the Lord. But I'm going to go discover these things and find out what it means to be a covenant person. Because ultimately, your God is going to be my God. Your God's going to be my God. It's not lip service. This is a life of a true heart. And as Andrea already so wonderfully illustrated the fact that heaven's attention was, was received. It's like, oh, what do we find in that field? Here's, Na- here's Ruth, and she gets up, and she said, please, please, Naomi, let me go to the field. You can't go to the field. Let me go to the field for us. Let me go to the field. Let me get out there and start gleaning in the field. Let me go out there and, you know, maybe I'll happen upon Boaz's field or maybe I want, but we got to get some food on the table. I, I'm, I'm going to go glean in that field. And when she got up and she went out into the field, what we see is God's hand strongly supporting her because her heart was true. Her heart was true. It wasn't motivated by selfish ambition. It wasn't motivated. She didn't have any promises. She wasn't a gold digger. She didn't know what she was even getting into. She was stepping into the unknown. That's what I love about Ruth. She's a woman of faith. She's like, okay, I'm getting out of the... She's just no different than Peter getting out of the boat. And I don't know how I'm going to do this and walk on water. I don't know how we... We, you left a land of famine and covenant people when they were going back there. I don't know how this is going to happen. But we got to get some food on the table. So she gets up and she goes out in the field. And it's hard work. Because the Bible says, and you look chapter 2, there was a moments there she had to go take a rest. She had to sit down under a shade tree and take a little rest. But what we, what we do see is that there is prominence that takes place. She's noticed by someone. She's noticed by the near kinsman redeemer. The Bible says here, Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reaper, Who's this young woman? Who is this? And then a conversation between Boaz and Ruth. It's like, I've heard your story already. But now he's laid eyes on her. Now he's laid eyes on her. He took notice in the field. See, there's, <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it amazing that maybe it might have been the same field that, that her future descendant is going to be out there tending some sheep. It's believed absolutely is. So, so let's, let's get our mind's eye set, set on this story because Ruth is her offspring is going to be Obed. And then Obed's going to have a son named Jesse. And Jesse's going to have some sons, but there's a son named David. He's going to be in that same field that his grandma, great great grandmother, was out there, out there reaping behind those that were in the field. It's Bethlehem, Judah, were there in the story. And it was the, the, the bride of the near kinsman redeemer. She was 
seen in the field. The field of service because of a true heart. And now her descendant one day is going to be a king. And God didn't look at the house for the king. He's going to anoint a king. Where does he look? He goes to the he goes out in the field. He starts looking in the field. Whatever your hands do, whatever you do with all your might, you gotta you gotta grow where you're planted. You're not going to get any more until you, until you start using what you have. You're not going to find what you need sitting at the house wondering when, when, the, when the doorbell is going to ring and the sweepstakes is going to be won. You might, as well, you might as well forget that, amen? You, may be, you, you might have been the one in one billion that actually received that sweepstakes, but, but understand God's going to recruit from the field. He's going to go out there. He's going to go out and get his profit from the field as we saw in Elijah's day. But see, too many are wanting to start prophesying and they've never been to the field of service. They come into the kingdom of God and they're like, I want to get behind the pulpit. I believe you need to clean the pulpit before you get behind the pulpit. You need to learn to serve with a true heart. See, let the Lord do the promoting. Let the Lord do the elevating. And where does he start looking? He starts looking... Not in the miraculous things. He's looking from the road to Moab. He's looking in the field. He is seeing what you're doing with what you have to see whether or not he can trust you with more. If you'll just start being faithful when that which is little, that means you just show up when it's, the doors are open. That means you pray when it's time to pray. That means you just, you just start doing because God's going to commit the gospel to faithful men and women. Because he's looking for true hearts. Stop getting your eyes. Get your eyes out of the, the grandeur of the, of the limelight and start looking at, the, at the, the service that is in front of you. And you'll discover that you won't have to concern yourself so much with the big things if you'll be faithful in that which is little. See, we need to concern ourselves with the little things. To me, I am, a, I am a student of humanity, and I don't look for the big things. I look for the small things. I, I, I'm, I'm interested in what you do when nobody's looking. I'm interested in, in knowing what's going on behind the scenes. I'm interested in how you treat the waiter at a restaurant or treat the, the least to the greatest. I'm, I, I believe it's the heart of God when we begin to understand that God is not impressed. In fact, it was spoken of David when he said, Saul went out there, or when Samuel went out there to find the king, and he said, oh, this has got to be the one. This eldest brother, look how strong and mighty he is. And Samuel said, oh, don't be looking on his exterior. Because I'm looking at his heart. See, see, he doesn't, he doesn't care what you look like. He doesn't care of your inabilities or your abilities. He's just looking for your availability. He's looking at your heart. He's looking for a true heart. And that's where we find Ruth. She was noticed because she got out there with a true heart. And God said, now, I, I can support that. <laughs> I can support that. The Lord's telling somebody tonight, you've been looking for the will of God, start doing what you're called to do and maybe what you're not even called to do. 
whatever, wherever you're at, just start doing what you know to do. And I assure you, God will take notice. He will take notice. And in so doing, he took notice of her. And then we find out as we look at it. She didn't do it to get noticed. That wasn't her intent. In fact, you find out that you not only find prominence, notice, but you see there's provision. Boaz, the redeemer, he said, when Ruth goes out, let her glean. Let her glean wherever she wants. Don't rebuke her. Leave her alone. In fact, I want you to do something else. I want you to purposely take some, some sheaves that have been bundled up already and just go ahead and just kind of drop them. She still had to bend over and pick them. She still had to process them. She still had to go through all the everything necessary. But I, what I want you to do, uh, young men, reapers out there in the field, young ladies, whoever's out there weeping, just leave some handfuls on purpose. Let her have it. And don't rebuke her. See, there's provision in the field. So many times we think, I can't release that giving to God. I can't release that first of my increase to the Lord. But I'm loyal and I'm honest and I'm, I'm, I'm going to serve. So I release it. I let it go. With no expectations of return. But what happens? Eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking to so strongly support those who are His. So there's provision in the field. But then He said, "Don't." He said, "Went to Ruth and said, don't glean in any other field. Don't glean in any other field." See, so often we have those that are called into areas of ministry, and we wonder how are they going to be, how they're going to be provided for. But then also we wonder how they're going to be protected. He said, don't go glean in any other field. See, the Lord saw her true heart, and it was, as a result of that, so did Boaz. And Boaz said, don't glean in another field. You stay here. I can protect you as long as you're in my field. You know the safest place in the world for you to be? It doesn't matter if it's in, the, in, in a war zone or on a peaceful island with the waves rolling in it's in the will of God is the safest place you can be that's in the field you got time for just a little bit more tonight the Lord spoke to me a few weeks ago as I was looking at this passage here as I love the field I love the thought I loved I love the heart of servants and I love more than anything true hearts because I believe that's the heart of God I believe that's the heart of the Lord, and that's what he's looking for. But the Lord sh showed me something there, and I, I have mentioned it before, but I just want to bring it home for somebody in here tonight. Ruth was not giving to get. She was just there taking care, doing what she could do. It said even after she ate till she got full in the mealtime, she, she put some, some b b aside and when she got home, the first thing she did was give that to Naomi. That tells you the motivation and the loyalty and the service and the true heart. She's out in the field because she is helping Naomi in her to, to eat. But what you see here with the true heart is that the field that she's out there 
gleaning in would one day be her field. The field that she's out there and the servants that she's following will one day be her servants. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, you will never own a field that you're not willing to serve in. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As the Lord was with Moses, he's also with you. He said that everywhere the sole of your foot shall tread upon, it belongs to you. The Lord gave Israel the land of promise. We just got back from Israel. You'll hear more about Israel as we go along. But amazing thing about Israel, I had in my mind that it was just a desolate desert. It is lush, it is rolling hills, it is beautiful. And amazing thing is, is whatever they stick in the ground grows. Banana, tree. Banana trees that are not supposed to grow there, they grow. Wow. They say, we don't have any explanation for it. It just grows. Jesus. <laughs> Far fertile soil, land of milk and honey. It, is, it, is, it was an experience. But see... Where I was going, I got caught up in my thoughts of how, <laughs> how beautiful the land was. You'll never own a field that you're not willing to serve in. So the Lord gave Israel the land. He gave the land. He said, but here's the deal. There's going to be some inhabitants in that land. You're going to have to drive out. But if you're willing to walk through it, you'll have the ownership of it. My God, my God, my God. You came out of a rough background, a tormented childhood, a bad experience. You can own that if you're willing to walk through it. Are you hearing me? Are, is it translating tonight? Is it getting through? It doesn't matter that your mama and your daddy experienced and lived in depression. Are you willing to walk through to get to the other side of it? It doesn't matter that your grandfather, your father, and every other person was bound to self-destructive behavior, alcohol, drugs, and whatever they could get into. Are you willing to walk through that? It doesn't matter where you came from. What matters is what you're willing to do with what you have right now. Are you willing to walk through it? Because if you're willing to walk through it with a true heart, God's willing to give you the victory over that land. And he has already driven out the inhabitants. He just needs you to initiate faith so that he can initiate grace in your life to destroy those things. Take your identity in Christ because you're no longer the old person. You're a brand new individual. Let's see, if we want God, oh, we just serve him with a true heart. Now I'll say this and understand what I'm saying. I love you. I wouldn't want to be any other place in the world. I wouldn't want to pastor any other people in the world. But if this room was empty and I was walked to the door, I'm still going to serve him and I'm still going to love him 
and I'm still going to go after him with all of my heart. Why? Because he came after me with all of his heart. So it doesn't matter. It's a true heart. It's not what he gives me. It's what he's already done. I love him because he first loved me. You love him because he first loved you. Let me tell you, if it's lip service, there's going to come a cutoff time. There will come a cutoff time. And it'll be like, well, got hard, so I checked out. But if you'll stick it out, you may have to wake up, and there's going to be some prodigals hear me. I'm prophesying right now. There's some prodigals going to wake up in their pig pen and understand they had it better off in the house of God than they did out there eating from the slop of the enemy. See, Naomi came to that revelation. Look, see, because there's others that endured the famine in Israel, but now they're reaping the harvest. They're, they're reaping the harvest. They still had their land intact. They, they stuck it out. We have gone in the church through, a, through dry seasons. It's been a testing. Now, the Lord will not tempt you, but he most certainly will test your heart. Not so much that he may know. I do believe he likes surprises. It's in the Word. Now I know. Now I know. Now I know it's my turn to talk. Quit acting like a baby. See, <laughs> this is pretty much it all the time. But see, the Lord will test. See, he wants to know what he can put in there. He wants to know what he can put in the church. He's just, I can see the Father right now. I want to bless my people. Bless them with my presence and my power and purpose and desire. And I want them to come after me to seek my face and stop seeking after my hands. I believe the Lord is tired of lip service. He's looking for hearts that are his. His no matter what. So that he can strongly support you. Tonight. I'm going to ask this question in closing. Just go ahead and bow your heads, if you will. I'm not going to ask for, for a physical response. I'm just going to ask you to let the Lord search your heart. The word of the Lord tells us the heart above all things is wicked, and who can know it? The Lord knows it. He knows every man's heart. He knows you better than you know yourself. Some of you in this house tonight, God wants with all of his heart to give you victory. But you've got to be willing to walk through it. And some of you have got to the, to the gate of the land of promise that God has in store for you, and you've stopped. You've stopped. And you want to ask the Lord tonight, this question, or you want to ask him to help you in this area. Say, Lord, make me brave enough 
to keep going and to keep serving. It's not an easy thing when you do it on your own. It's not an easy thing to forgive when you're only relying on your forgiveness. It's not easy to forgive the one that hurt you until you start learning his forgiveness through you. And that their sin is no greater than your own sin. That you've got to forgive them. See, that's, that's the journey. That's walking through. That's ownership of the field. That's victory over that situation. But what happens in, as you begin to respond in faith, God begins to release his grace, and he, he starts purifying your motives. And in the doing, God begins to purify your heart. If you're in this house tonight, heads are bowed, and you're just saying, Lord, make me brave enough to walk through it. Make me brave enough to walk through it. Just lift your hand and put it right back down. Come on, God, make me, yes, 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 yes. Now let's stand across this building. Let's stand and lift our hands and surrender before the Lord. Father, we come before you, Lord, today. And Lord God, we surrender. We surrender, Lord God. We surrender all, Lord into your hands, Lord God. Lord, we pray that, Lord God, even as David prayed, Lord, Lord, cleanse, Lord God, creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Lord God, creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me, Lord God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O oh God. Lord, I pray that there would be a, 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 a nervous excitement, anticipation in the hearts of your children, Lord God, as they face, Lord God, the unknown as they look into a field and they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know, Father God, if they have the strength to make it. Lord, let them, Lord, begin to anticipate, Lord God, your hand upon them and your excitement, Lord God, that, Lord, you want to strongly support them, Lord, as they give all of their heart to you. Lord, I believe that you desire to have a great victory, Lord God, in this house with this church, but, Lord, I believe you want to have great victory in every individual life. Lord, I pray that you would put a pure heart for those that, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Lord, I pray that as we begin to allow you to purify our heart, as we make the decisions, Lord God, to go after you with all of our heart, that Lord, we'll begin to see you, Lord God, all around and begin to realize the victory that we have in you. God, we want your face. We want you, Lord. Our desire is you tonight. Our desire is you tonight, Lord. Oh, God, if you don't give or do or, Lord, just, we just want you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I believe there's going to be testimonies come back from the result of this word tonight. The Lord just wants you. He just wants you. He wants all of your heart. Why? Because he wants to give you all of him. That's the exchange. All of me for all of you. Amen.